0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's Red Voices, where this week we're going to be talking about goals, because United seem to be incapable of doing anything other than scoring none of them. My name's Ewan Leonard, and Rich Can is here with me to look first at those emphatic wins over Everton and Burton Albion. Southampton will come later on the episode, because it's Wednesday, and it hasn't happened yet. Richard, how do you personally feel about goals?
1: Hello, I, I'm all in favour of goals. I feel I that feel like there should be more goals in life, although at the moment there, we are drowning in a, in a sea of goals, which is ace.
0: It is. I mean, one negative from tonight's win against Burton Albion was that we actually conceded our first goal at Old Trafford tonight.
1: We did, but I died laughing because there's a there's a guy on my Twitter timeline who who had and 4 nil for a significant amount of money, and so oh. that that that, that cluster effect at the end there consolation for Burton, it, it was just funny. And in fairness, they they came and they had to go, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. came and had to go, didn't they? You know, so I think they probably deserve that in a condescending. Yeah, way. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think that's fair enough. Yeah, well done for turning up, and that's a drive back down from the northwest to the Midlands that will surely feel a little bit sting a little bit less after that one goal. But there we go. I guess we should wind our way back to Sunday first and uh, Everton's visit to Old Trafford, which for uh, a good, 70, seventy eighty minutes was. It was, wasn't was necessarily the most comfortable experience. And then suddenly we decided to start scoring goals again and it all ended up all right.
1: Yeah, I think the early goal, the early howitzer from um, Antonio Valencia's What shin, was that? Yeah, I, I doubt he'll, I doubt we'll score a better goal than that this season, let alone him. It was like Lingard's in the in the cup final, wasn't it? Ball just sat right right on the sweet spot where it needed to be and he just meloned it into the into the top corner. But I think the early goal rather set the tone of the game because once we are ahead I mean, we I think we had we had quite a quite sort of dominant first 20 25 minutes and then we just kind of settled down a bit and perhaps sat on the lead for a while which which gave Everton some encouragement but as we do as soon as as soon as the team opens up you know to try and <clears throat> try and score themselves we just cut them to shreds uh, to be honest we could have had mm. you know we could have had two or three more in the end
0: yeah i mean we could have had a couple more goals in that first half or yeah. finishing wasn't quite up to snuff i mean great way to start the game i mean nothing had settled by the time Valencia lashed that one in it was such a great hit and that is there is no way he is topping that goal for the, for as long as he lives doesn't matter who he plays for that was just a wonderful hit you know nicely picked out by matic and the way he, the contact with that was just absolutely perfect you know jordan pickford didn't have a bloody chance at that it was actually a remarkable hit and i don't necessarily think it settled any nerves but it certainly gave us breathing room and i think that we didn't necessarily need to attack Everton with much ferocity afterwards. I still think that we could have probably put the game to bed in that first half we've been a bit more lethal and there were a couple of loose passes here and there and some wayward finishing. You know, the carcouche chance after he'd completely sold Ashley Williams down the river and the way he turned and then just blasted it wide was very... It was disappointing because he'd done so well to just create the space and make that chance and it was just begging for a nice simple finish. But you know, other than that, I thought we were pretty good. I think the problem was, as you mentioned last week when we were talking in preparation for this game, Everton haven't got any pace. So if you invite them into a game, let them have possession and let them build, that's where the problems come from. And we did see that as the second half went on in what was Wayne Rooney's best performance at Old Trafford in some time. Uh,
1: I, I think his performance was overplayed somewhat. I, I saw a good um, football 365 assessment of his Statistical assessment of his performance, and I appreciate uh, that. Football three six five, the hipster's choice. Well, it is, it is the hipster's choice, but you know, I, I look myself afterwards. He, 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 his pass completion was only about sixty seven percent, which was comfortably the worst on the pitch. And the the problem he ha- Everton have with having not bought a striker to replace Lukaku is if you play Rooney up there, he just drops deep like Ibrahimovic does. And to a degree, kind of, he did. He ended up doing that as the game went on. It, it really blunted them up front. I mean, he had the had the chance where uh, he was kind of in on the to the right hand side of the goal as you look at it, and by kind of, I'm not sure what he was doing. Sort of stumbled in, and the ball didn't take the ball with him. Mm. He was lackadaisical, really. Wasn't? <clears> he was not he was really? Yeah, he was. And Rooney kind of slid. And he, but It's a difficult angle, and De Gea was out quickly. And he, he, he perhaps Rooney really should have done better with that. I think that Everton stayed in the game. And, yeah, that was probably the best chance, wasn't it? Um, there was one that, that Rooney screwed quite comfortably wide. Um, and Sigurdsson as well, I think, had another chance from a similar spot to Rooney's, but to hear De Gea was out really quickly again. I think Everton's performance was rather overplayed by the fact that United just seemed to be coasting from about half an hour until until the last 17 minutes. And, again, Rooney's performance was overplayed for me. And I think it was always going to be because, it, you know, it was kind of the um, the perfect... Media narrative wasn't it for um, for Rooney to go back to Old Trafford with United and put in a stunning performance and you listening to the uh, listening to the commentary and everything Rooney did was you know overpraised and I think Everton were just very very average to be honest and and United really kind of up the tempo when they needed to and essentially just put them away in the end
0: exactly I mean I think it's it was very similar to the Swansea game in that sense in the sense that we got that goal in the first half and then we didn't necessarily apply ourselves to the latter stages of the game. And then when those chances came and the space was opened up, we just ripped them apart, you know, and I wouldn't give all of the praise to Jesse Lingard, but I think that substitution definitely helped, you know, Lingard's freshness and his pace and his, uh, you know, desire to run at people is so useful in these situations, especially because often when he comes on the Premier League, he's coming on late and that is often against tired defences. And that definitely helps. And I think that, Again, as you saw there, it was all about preying on those mistakes when they happened. You know, we didn't necessarily create too much in the second half. The narrative that was building up seemingly from people uh, on Twitter when I was watching the game was that this was harking back to last season where we would have the lead and then we would sit back and be complacent and then give the game away. But that doesn't seem to be the way that Mourinho United are playing it at the minute. You know, a large part of that has got to be the fact that we've got a very intelligent mobile striker in the Kaku who is live to everything that's going on around him. You know, he picked off that ball from Williams after the short pass, ran out the defence and very cleverly slot through for Mikatarian And that was game over. 2-0, you know, United weren't done by then. But that was that was it, you know, and it was just being live to those sort of situations. And the fact that United are so lethal when they're in front of goal at the minute is it's just brilliant to see. You know, we haven't seen United be this lethal in so long, consistently, I would say, for... I can't even think back to the time when we were just this good to watch going forward. And I've got to admit, it was just, speaking of Lukaku, absolute hilarity at him hitting that free kick into the wall yeah. just towards the end of the game. Everton were giving him some proper abuse and some stick for his move. And then a couple of seconds later, Matic hits the ball across. I think it got deflected by Lingard and Lukaku blasts it home into the net. And cups his ear towards the away end. You know, lots of, gosh, this is who this is who Lukaku really is. This is what this man is. I'm just thinking, that man scored an absolute truckload of goals for you. He's moved to a bigger club. You've given him abuse for the entirety of the game and he gives some back. I absolutely loved that moment. It was brilliant to watch.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can underplay the importance of uh, Lukaku to the way we're playing this season and the difference in the contributions of other players as well. We've gone from having a centre forward who drops deep, who slows things down, and to one who plays on the shoulder of the defenders. He's got pace, he's got strength, he's got a much cleverer footballing brain than we've that, you know, than he's often given credit for. He makes really intelligent runs across the line and also behind defences. And what that does is <clears throat> whereas last season that the, the game was compressed into a much smaller area of the pitch, defences have to sit deeper with him, which um, apart from the threat he, he offers himself gives a great deal more space for the three um the three attacking midfielders behind him. And I think we've we've seen them all benefit from that. Mikitari and um Martial and Rashford particularly, but I think you know Batters had a very very decent start to the season. As you said, Louen Lingard came on, he was very bright. I think I think Lukaku just works defences more and so one of the benefits of that is when we bring on fresh legs, fresh pacey legs with good movement and good skill. The defences are already pretty worn down and we've really made that tell in the the latter end of games. I mean, mean, apart from, given there are two biggest signings, but he and Matic have made an absolutely enormous difference to this team and I think they're the two biggest factors behind us being a completely different proposition this year.
0: I mean, you look at the way this week has gone after Pogba's injury against Basel and I think it's difficult to come away with any other feeling than satisfaction. You know, eight goals in two games. We put both Everton and Burton away in lethal fashion. You know, we could be feeling very different things after our trip to St. Mary's on Saturday. But so far, the reaction has been positive, partly because an axis of Matic and Fellaini is not necessarily the most creative we might start to feel the pinch in later games when we are struggling to break teams down. And I guess, especially against defenses that are far more solid than the ones that we played this week. So it will be interesting to see how that develops because there's a part of me that still thinks that the most natural replacement that we have, and obviously not like for like that you would put in for Herrera alongside Matic is Herrera, not Fellaini because I think there's a way that can work, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that can be the de facto starting midfield duo for the next couple of months, depending on how Pog was out for. But, you know, again, it's you can't really argue with the results. You know, 4-0 up against Everton flattered us to a certain extent. You know, we did create a fair amount of chances in that first half, but at the same time, I think Everton would have just caused to feel somewhat hard done by by the scoreline mean, because they did try in the second half, but I think it's a real testament to how great united are in front of goal and how focused in they are on making sure they finish their chances that again you know united were able to prey on everton so well and to be fair let's move on to uh actually there's still one more goal to talk about anthony Martial with another great penalty uh picked the ball up uh morgan schneiderlin not even complaining one bit about the handball that led up in the in the actual challenge for that and then slotted home four 0 and that leaves us uh, equal on points and goals uh, with City, and we are second purely on the virtue that C comes before you in the alphabet.
1: Yeah, I think we should discuss the uh, the little bit of skill which which magically dematerialised the ball on the, on the left hand side of two event defenders and rematerialised it on the other side. Um, I've watched the video back of that little Marshall's bit of skill leading up to the the uh, penalty, and I still can't work out what he did. Um, the ball just appears through through a sea of legs uh, on the other side, and it's a trick he does quite a lot. But I, I can't, I've never seen it, never seen it done quite in quite such a magical way. It was just a brilliant bit of skill. and it, I think we've seen again tonight as well. I appreciate the opposition is relevant, but we've seen again tonight just the absurd skill that Marshall has, and if he can harness it and use it to its greatest extent, then you know, we we know we've got a hell of a player on our hands. He just needs he just needs consistency and slightly better decision making, but we've already seen this season that that clearly seems to be of an improvement when where he was last year.
0: For sure. I mean he looks more confident. He looks like he's got I mean Paul described him as ice cold uh, several times during that first season under Van Hal. And that that's the sort of sense you get from it at the minute. You you see that there's confidence coming from him. There is excitement again now when he's running at defenders. There's a sense that he is going to make something happen and create, which is excellent to see because that's what you want from Anthony Martial. He is pound for pound, arguably our most skilled forward in terms of what he can do with the football when he's running at defenders. So the fact that he is feeling good again at United is of great importance and it's an absolute joy to watch him play. And, you know, segueing on to Burton tonight, Man of the match display, and you know, despite the fact that Rashford bagged two, I don't think Martial is a warranting of that. I thought he and several other players had a great old night. You know, the tone was set very, very early on. What Rashford inside five minutes? You know, a lovely piece of skill. Uh, Carrick with his first start of the season, that low pass in Lingard just cushioned the ball so well, and Rashford just gobbled that chance up, and one 0 and that was that was almost game over in the first five minutes, really, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. I think we should we should credit Burton with having come to Old Trafford and actually come to play. They didn't stick 10 men behind the ball and try and hang on for grim death. They actually, you know, but even in, in the early stages of the game, they actually looked, looked reasonably dangerous.
0: Well, that's because our defence was being weird.
1: Well, it, it, our defence was being weird, but, they, they you know, they, they were clearly attacking quite intelligently. They'd, they'd obviously focused on Darmian at right back, and they were trying to isolate him one-on-one, which they did some to some effect, you know, it makes it, it, it it's maybe it's a bit patronising when when we've just stuffed them for one to say, well, well done for coming and trying to play. But but they did. And and I always think, what's the point of a, you know, a group of guys who are probably not going to play at Premier League level who when you know, may perhaps only have one chance to play at Old Trafford ever? Why not come out and try and enjoy the game, win the game rather than just deciding you want to bore the life out of everybody for 90 minutes
0: I know I guess the problem at the minute is that United are actually better equipped to deal with teams trying to have a go than we ever have been you know yeah. plenty of clubs over the last couple of years or the last four years in particular have come to our trap and thought we can now get something here but there seems to be a switching of the narrative in the sense that if you do try and attack United you are going to get done quite badly
1: there's a quite a good quote. I was trying to think who who said it. Basically, it was after the after the Leicester game, and I, f- I forget the name, but he basically said that you get the impression now that that teams are starting to come to United to try and not get not get stuffed again, <clears throat> which is exactly what they haven't been doing. You know, the teams have been coming to, to United and thinking we can win this for the last three or four years. You know, even degree last season, you know, plenty of teams came and got points, and we seem to have an, a degree of that swagger back, and. You know, Burton came and played, but we absolutely dined out on the space, didn't we? Really, Well, and we had so many, so many avenues of attack as well. I mean, Martial was having fun on the left. Rashford was just, you know, wonderful while he was on the pitch up front. Scored two really, well, one one clever goal and one, you know, absolutely brilliantly taken long shot. I looked at that tonight and I looked at the, the lineup before the game. I didn't have much time because I then got in sort of t- ten minutes before kickoff, and it just occurred to me we'd made think we made nine changes from the from the weekend and that was still basically an incredibly experienced you know we I think for the first time in the last three or four years we really have got some genuine strength in depth I think it was really it was really good that one Mourinho took it seriously even with making those changes and also that the players clearly went out not complacent in the slightest, really wanting to put on a show to, to be effective, to get goals. And they were really focused and really focused on attacking as well in the, in the right ways. <clears throat> Someone on Twitter made the comment sort of harking back to the 1-0 FA Cup game over Sheffield United in LVG second season, which was possibly the worst and most turgid United performance at Old Trafford I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, that was kind of the nadir for, for a lot of people. It was it was that dreadful. And, you know, again, we've gone, we're play, playing on this occasion, a team who are in the division above that, and we've just gone for them. Just absolutely flown at them. And the the difference is, is stark. And I think there's, that's been a big difference this season, that whereas even last season, I think Mourinho was often playing a relatively conservative game this time. United are in spells and games really opening up and really just foot motoring at teams. And I think he he trusts his players a lot more now to do that. And it's just such a it's such a delight after four pretty bang mediocre Premier League years to actually see United going out and taking some teams apart and scoring quite a lot of goals in these first few games. I think it's worth saying that I don't mm. think our opposition, barring Real Madrid have been anything special this season I think all of the Premier League sides we've played are in the bottom half of the table at the moment and obviously Basel and Bern are no great shakes but the difference being last season we'd have struggled to break those teams down and and this season we're we're really putting teams away and there's there's a very notable shift in approach and uh, delivery I
0: mean, that notable shift in the way that we're playing, you can't put that down to just one thing, because if you look at the personnel, there's only a difference of essentially two players. So you could say that characters essentially come out the side for Matic and Nikakus come out for Ibrahimovic, but the difference in play is absolutely gigantic. The confidence uh, that the players have at the moment, and Seemingly, the freedom that they are given to attack teams—it's not even comparable with last season. You know, not necessarily say we were afraid of attacking for large chunks of last season, but it's so clear that there's a different mentality in the side. It's not necessarily that it—it's it, a million miles away from what we saw at points last season, but it just feels like there's just something has just clicked. Several things have just fallen into place at the right time to the point where Mourinho knows that he can put out a side that is going to be sturdy enough, but is going to get the goals that will win the game. Couple of bits and bobs. Luke Shaw is worth mentioning him. Me, I thought he had a, a useful uh, half. You know, it was great to see him back. One way would pass in the uh, sort of after five ten minutes of coming and which actually got back to tackle, which I'm sure Mourinho would like, even though the pass probably won't go down very well with him. But it was it was clear from watching him run behind defence that we need that on the left hand side. And if Shaw can stay fit, if he can defend in the way Mourinho wants and keep getting back, then I'm sure you know Mourinho will be happy to play him more regularly. I thought we did lose a little bit of fluidity uh, after Matt came off. But again, we still got that fourth goal. Talk to me about Martial, Rich. That fourth goal was quite lovely, wasn't it? And he'd been threatening that all night it's long.
1: It's a shame that he, about two or three minutes earlier, he uh, pulled off an absolutely beautiful move where he ran at the defence and he sort of faked to go outside and then mm. dragged the ball back inside sent two defenders the wrong way. He was clean through on goal in a similar position to where he was when he scored his first goal against Liverpool. But the keeper just got down to save it. I shouted
0: enemy of football (laughs) at my TV screen. (laughs) He
1: was. He was an enemy of football. But then, you know, Rashford set him up beautifully and it was a really neat finish when he threw on goal, um, which he really, really deserves. And you can see that he's, in the way he celebrates, when people have talked about him being you know, quite ice cold. For all of his goals this season, you can see when he celebrates that he's, I think he's far happier and far more overjoyed to play his game and to score goals this season. than He looked at times last season, you know, we can try and attribute things to that, whatever, it just wasn't happening particularly for him last year. And I think aside from aside from Lukaku and Matic, the other biggest factor for United this year has been the development of uh, Rashford and Martial and, I mean, particularly, particularly when they've becoming on substitutes, but they're doing far more damage when they're starting games as well, making far more intelligent decisions, and they just look far more confident, and their skills, their ability just seems to develop slightly... Well, no, not slightly, quite a lot of last year. I mean, there's there was a lot of talk of, of Rashford uh, sort of bulking up physically as well, and you could see that he's added a certain degree of strength and physicality to his game as well. And those two have just come on so well, and, we're, you know, they're, they're causing such a danger i think someone someone was saying that rashford started four games this season and he's got four goals and two assists from from his appearances this season so far you know that everybody seems to be getting numbers hashtag numbers and you know long may it continue i think things get a, a lot harder for us after palace at home after the southampton game and then we've got a run which has got liverpool and benfica and spurs benfica again and chelsea you know, that, that'll that be a real test of where we've got to, but I think we can go into those games hugely more confident than we would have done at any stage of last season.
0: You've definitely hit the nail on the head there in the sense that we've got a very difficult run of fixtures coming up after this next international break. You know, we've got Southampton on Saturday, followed by CSKA on Wednesday, and then uh, Palace at home before the next break uh, a week on Saturday and then that run that we've got when we come back after international duty is not necessarily the most easy to navigate you know Liverpool are struggling at the moment but a trip to Anfield never fills me with confidence regardless of the context in which it happens and again going to Benfica you know we've struggled there in recent years so I don't necessarily think you could say that's a nailed on victory either so it's going to be an awkward little period after that so to so watch the likes of Rashford and Martial and Lingard and Lukaku and Mikatarian playing with such confidence in front of goal, and Matter as well, you know, he's not scored yet, but he's still looking dangerous. Very nearly scored with a great move early on tonight, but hit the post. It gives us so much confidence considering that we have lost a big creative force in Pogba. There's no real sense from when he's actually going to return. But at the minute, it, you've mitigated that worry because we are simply creating so much and scoring so much without him. I'm not saying that can go on forever and I certainly do think this is this run is going to stop at some point we are going to stop banging in the goals in the next couple of months against you know these this sort of level of opposition and things are going to get more difficult we are going to start playing more difficult teams and we are going to have to deal with that as best we can and whether that's playing a 4-3-3 or sticking with a reliable pair in the center like Matic and Herrera I don't know but it is going to change and we are going to have to try and cope with that as best as possible but you know regardless of that When you've got Rashford pinging in goals like that second one, the shot on that didn't even hit the ground before it went in the net. An absolutely brilliant strike. The fact that we've got these kids at the minute who are capable of scoring goals seemingly for fun against this level of opposition. All right, yeah, you're right in the sense that we haven't played a really exceptional team so far this season, apart from Real Madrid, and even they've had a bit of a awkward start in La Liga. The fact that they're doing it at all is fantastic. And the fact that Mourinho, for all the criticism about him not playing youth, He is giving them confidence and he is giving them minutes and he's letting them play. And they are loving it. And it is an absolute joy to watch them play like this. It's so much
1: fun. I think if you look back at Mourinho's career, you can say that he hasn't played youth for the sake of playing youth. He's not had this overriding desire as someone, say, like LVG perhaps. And you could say Klopp now as well, who really feels a responsibility or seems to feel a responsibility to give opportunities to young players and to see if they can develop and take take those chances. Mourinho doesn't really seem to behave like that, but you could argue that he wins and winning has always been his overriding mentality and that's why he's been so elite at what he's done. But if you look through his career, the few young players that he has played, particularly kind of academy-grown players at different at his various clubs... They've been exceptional talents. And if he's got a talent of that quality of the quality of a Rashford or the quality of a, a Martial when he's focusing, then he will play those players. He'll start them because he trusts them. You know, he trusts he trusts in talent. I don't think he's necessarily one he who just is the virtues of hard work. You know, a player needs to be good enough. And if they're not, he won't play them. If they are, he will play them whatever age they are. And we've certainly seen that with Rashford and, and we are with, with Martial this season. Um, And it's nice that he's getting someone like McTominay involved. I wonder if bringing him into the squad and playing him a bit tonight as well was almost a message to Andreas Pereira saying, you know, Pogba's got injured and, you know, you could have been in around the first team this season, but you chose to leave. Only time will tell what the right call was for player and manager on that one. You know, he's getting games at Valencia, or hopefully he will be getting games at Valencia every week. There's always an ulterior motive with everything, Mourinho does or says, and it would he wouldn't surprise me if he was delivering little subtle messages to Andres Pereira saying you know <laughs> you could have been you could have been here and and playing. But I, I you know from Pereira's perspective, he if he goes on and has a great season for Valencia, then more full Mourinho. If he doesn't, then play him after that, it'll be somebody else's game. So you know, as I say, only only the future will tell who's made the right decision there. But you you can see again tonight, you can see why Mourinho's won the League Cup more times. Well, he's won it he's won it four times, and I don't think any of the other Premier League managers have ever won it. Between them. Because he's he plays strong teams. He doesn't put out kids for the sake of putting out kids. It was a strong team tonight, but he's also also put sent out the message to the other young players that if you know, look at look at McTominay, you know, he's 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 worked hard, he's impressed me, and he's and he's got he's in the squads and he's now playing some minutes, and that could be you too. So it's a perfect situation for for him to do that. He could, he you know those the younger players will now be thinking, well, you know that I want to be that I want to be McTominay and working hard from here. So I think I think all round it was a, a very good night's work tonight.
0: Yeah, I mean the draws just come out as well. We're going to be playing Swansea uh, towards the end of October away. So they're looking a bit more solid than they were than we played them at the Liberty a couple of weeks ago. So that's not necessarily going to be a pushover, but that would be a game as well that you'd expect that. Mourinho would rather bring the fringe members of the squad into play as opposed to, you know, dropping Matic and Lukaku and De Gea into there. So we'll see how that pans out. But I think you're right in terms of what you're saying about McTominay. I think he's almost taken up the Andreas Pereira role to a certain extent of being just on the periphery of the squad. And I think that could evolve, depend on how well he applies himself going forward. You know, there's going to be more chances for him for sure. I thought he did quite well tonight as well. Anyway, Rich, before uh, we dust off this first half, prediction for Saturday against Southampton. Let's see how close you are in three days' time.
1: They've been so inconsistent this season, it's difficult to know what we're going to get. And that Stoke game has slightly unnerved me away from home. I think we can scrape a 2-1 win there. What about
0: you? 2-1 I'm going to go with. I think it's about time we conceded another Premier League goal, to be honest. It's not happened for a little while. Kev, it's Saturday night and I literally have nothing better than to talk to you about the United's 1-0 one Over Southampton. How does that make you feel?
2: Oh mate, you know, I'm I'm honoured, I'm touched, you know, it just makes me feel like the most special boy in the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was halfway through that sentence and I thought this sounds really terrible, I don't feel like that. I take it back. Kev, 1-0 one Over Southampton. A quite uncomfortable afternoon's work, but one we just about got through.
2: Yeah, it was one of them, wasn't it? It's just uh, every. I'm not saying that this will be a title-winning campaign, but every title-winning campaign has games like that where it's an absolute slog and it's not very pretty, and you don't play particularly well. And the moment where it's balanced on a knife edge, and it could have all went out the window, but when the final whistle blows, you feel like you've worked hard for the result that you've got. And I think that's what happened today. You'll get games like that. You'll get games where. You don't play particularly well but you you eke out a result, especially under Mourinho. So I I think it'll be as important as any of the four 0 wins when we when we look back on it. And what are we now sixteen points out of eighteen? Can't really complain.
0: No, absolutely not. You know, it was a the very definition of a hard fought win. I don't think United played anywhere near their capability today. You know, I think there was a definite dropping off in the second half and that was compounded by the fact that Southampton really did push us quite hard after the break. I think it was pretty evenly matched in the first half. You know, the United started without looking too shaky, you know, made a couple of decent chances, seemed to be some options on the break, and we looked cohesive in attack. It was, you know, we weren't pushing and pressing in an incredibly hard fashion, but I don't think the goal uh, was unwarranted. Lovely cross from Ashley Young as well too, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was lovely. It was, um, that's what Lukaku brings. I mean, his movement for that chance was incredibly intelligent, and, and it was... It's symptomatic of the kind of striker that he is. I mean, when we spoke to Greg Johnson a couple of weeks back on the pod, he talked about how Lukaku is essentially like a big six-foot poacher. And it's almost like because of his physical characteristics and just everything else that has been talked about in length, um, he often gets mischaracterized. He is a poacher, more akin to someone like Pippo Onzaghi than somebody like Drogba. Now, that's probably speaking in kind of exaggerated terms, but I think what you saw in his goal today was the intelligence of movement from uh, that type of player to be in the right place at the right time and then to be alive to the chance when it fell. Completely out-muscled Hoda as well. You know, it
0: was he did very well to create the space for himself. And, you know, once again, we've seen that a couple of times now. The initial shot gets saved, but Lukaku's wise to the rebound and then snapples it home. Yeah, yeah. Nice to be ahead. Um, yeah, and again, looked like he very much enjoyed that goal, which is always wonderful to see. And we held on to that uh, through to the first half. You know, there wasn't necessarily too much to speak about for the rest of it. There was Rashford's free kick, which just about went wide. But I think Fraser Forster just about had it covered. But it was really after the break that things started to get a lot tighter. And United just, I don't necessarily think they stopped playing, but it just seemed like any sort of sense of cohesion just seemed to go, you know. And especially in that first sort of 15, 20 minutes, our passing was lax. We were just punting the ball clear every time we got possession back. And Southampton just kept coming in waves. You know, our our possession stats for the second half were pretty terrible. And I guess the only other counter to that is that pound for pound, you'd still argue that United with those two chances probably had the better of it in terms of goal scoring opportunities, despite the fact that Southampton really were pushing for that equaliser. And it wouldn't really have done them much of, you know, it
2: it wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have been hard done by had they actually ended up drawing in the end. No, well, there was that one chance when uh, Fellaini, pretty much headed off the line didn't he and I, yeah I think it, it was yeah. very evident that we missed Pogba we missed somebody in the centre of the park that was going to put their foot on the ball and retain possession and, and play it calmly I mean it was for whatever reason you know we had had a certain amount of control throughout the game but as it got into the kind of final third of the, the of the game it, Southampton were turning up the pressure and and it didn't look like it was something that we were going to be able to get over or get past or or deal with unless some changes were made. And, and in that kind of form, when Pogba's on the field, it's often Fellaini that ends up coming on in order to kind of break things up a little bit and, and, and present more of a, a threat going forward that's going to push the opposition team back a bit and and, and yeah, just uh, relieve some of the pressure in that way. But Fellaini had already been on the pitch for an hour at that point and and... Yeah, it had become a bit a bit basic, hadn't it, the way that we were playing, so some changes needed to be made. i got to be honest with you, my initial reaction to seeing the first change being Chris Smalling coming on was not, it <laughs> wasn't a very dignified one. Um, <laughs> this but... was actually
0: the second, though, I had a quick look at it. Was it, it was oh, Serrera so oh, okay. who came on for Matter first, and that made complete sense, because our attack was up to nothing for the most part. We didn't really have any of that intricate build-up play, and our possession was so low. That we couldn't really build anything out. No, but well, anyway.
2: Matt is Matt is only ever he's either in a game or not in a game, isn't he? There doesn't tend to be any real in between with him, and he was quite, uh, quite absent, quite anonymous. Um, but it was it was, I mean, it's one of those things that you kind of go the ends justify the means. Mourinho obviously felt that we were more in a position to switch to five at the back and and firm it up and 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 hold on to the. Um and to the position that we had and start to shut Southampton down a bit. He probably he obviously meant that, felt that we were in a better position to do that than to make an assertive change like bring on Martial or someone like that and and try and get a second goal. He obviously felt that Southampton were threatening enough and there was enough uh enough times when someone like Phil Jones had to put a last ditch challenge in and and things like that. They were they were opening us up so it was well I mean obviously given the result it was the best thing to do at the time even if it wasn't the prettiest. I guess it's quite funny in a sense because
0: we have spent quite a lot of time this season playing against teams who have sat very deep and, and basically allowed us to pressurize. And that's to a certain extent what we did to Southampton today, wasn't it? You know, Rashford was sat pretty much with Ashley Young down that left flank for large chunks of that second half before he came off. And he didn't really get into the game in an attacking sense after the break. And there's several players, there's, especially you look at Matic and Fellaini, who were again between the two of them, just couldn't get anything going and establish any sort of control in that second half. And the fact that we ended up with, what was it, six defenders on the pitch in the end? <laughs> by the time that the match ended, I mean, it was those two chances, you know, Lukaku uh, yeah. uh, hitting straight at four still, and M- uh, Mkhitaryan and Rashford attacked for that three on two, and then Herrera, after a lovely pass from Rashford, slipped through to, from Lukaku, and then I don't know, maybe it was the sun in his eyes, he just hit it over in from inside the penalty area. But those were those were rarest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think even you know that, that sort of chance isn't necessarily the easiest one, but you at least expect him to hit the target and force the keeper to make a save as opposed to you know just skimming it over the bar because he had plenty of time and certainly enough space. But it just wasn't happening. So I understand Mourinho's desire at that point to basically try and shut the game out, which is what we did, you know, I think. Phil Jones had a very, very good game. You know, there were several instances where he was making great clearances. I thought the funniest one was when from, I think it was a free kick, the most Phil Jones thing ever, to make a clearance and to smash into Chris Smalling's head subsequently <laughs> and require treatment. Which just, just said it all, didn't it? I mean, bless him. But apart from that, no, it wasn't a remarkable performance by any stretch. You know, it was a very functional one in its end, it turned out to be. and But... At this stage, you know, plenty of people have been saying it this evening. That is a game that we would potentially not have won over the last couple of seasons. So to get through it with three points, considering that there is not, I don't think there's necessarily one chance throughout the entirety of that game that you should say, yes, Southampton should 100% definitely have scored that. No absolute says for me.
2: Yeah, I mean it's symptomatic of the players that we had available. I know I kind of touched on it already, but yeah, six six defenders on the pitch. I'm not sure the bus was parked, but it certainly pulled into the station by that point. Um it was encroaching, wasn't it? Yeah, Matić and and, uh, and Fellaini, they, they you know they did their best and, and Matić is better on the ball than people give him credit for, but um the whole get an early goal and then wait for the other team to open up and then hit them on the break thing only really works if your midfield is able to uh, provide chances and passes and give the ball and get something going with the attackers ahead of it and and we very much miss Pogba in that sense. I mean, Fellaini is actually in a really good run of form, but his passing is by its very different definition conservative. And, and whilst Matic is a little bit more adventurous in his play, neither of them have anything approaching the vision that Pogba has. And we didn't really have a a natural alternative to him that wasn't playing for Valencia. So it made sense to shut down the game the way that he did and and I think that's something we might see a little bit more um over the next two or three months or however long, goodness me, we're without Pogba because especially away from home it might make more sense to close a 1-0 out than to try and you know put it to bed with a second or third goal. And even with the strongest team ever available to us, this is sometimes just the kind of game Mourinho plays and it was a judgment call that mm-hmm. worked evidently
0: yeah I mean the the midfield the lack of creativity there it's going to be interesting to see how United juggle that going forward because as Rich and I sort of spoke about in the first half of the episode we do have a tricky period coming up after the next international break difficult games against teams that can attack and who can defend substantially well actually not Liverpool because lord knows they can't defend to save their lives (laughs) so that could be hilarious at Anfield in a couple of weeks but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it But still, Matic and Fellaini, it just... I mean, Fellaini in particular, you know, we all wax lyrical about him against Barcelona. He had a great game on that one, but I guess the opponents were quite accommodating in that sense, and Southampton really were not. Yeah, they've had trouble scoring at St. Mary's, but they really looked like they could do something today. And we didn't necessarily have much of an outlet there. And that is going to be a bit of a concern in some of these games coming up in terms of how we manage that. But I guess we'll simply, you know, well, we've got, gosh, what is it? Spurs, Liverpool, Benfica, and CSK coming up in the next month or so. So we'll simply see how the midfield is jiggled, I guess. You know, Herrera seems like he's more than capable still of coming in and really performing for us. And there was definitely an increase in our bite after Ander came on, which you'd expect because he is the bitiest player in the world. Yeah, But still, yep, sitting pretty top of the league. Goal difference took a bit of a hammering because City decided to do a madness earlier on against God, who was it? Ah, oh, Palace, that was
2: it. And they're coming to Old Trafford next weekend. That'll be a laugh. Yeah, I think we need to um, we kind of probably need to give up on the notion that we're going to um, keep pace with City for goal difference because I think their attacking riches are such that they will in certain games just absolutely knock five or six past teams and, and, and As much as I think that we will be more prolific this year than we were last year, I don't don't anticipate that we um, will keep pace with them for goals. So we'll probably need to beat them, and and then hope for the best. Um, But that starts a whole other conversation about whether we're going to keep pace with them for on points either. But I think that's one for another night.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it does look like it's going to be very difficult to even try and keep pace with City. But I don't think Mourinho is even minded to do that. I think he'd be more than happy to see the team scoring four goals. But he doesn't seem like the type of person who seems that bothered if United win 1-0 in an ugly fashion as we did today. Or if we win 4-0. I don't think it makes too much of a difference to him at all. Yeah. Just as long as we win. And that's what we're doing at the minute. Yeah. yeah, there's massive contrast in the way we've done it. You know, we allowed Everton to come into the game last weekend to a certain extent and then blitz them at the end. Completely dominated against Burton, against obviously our championship side, but put them to the sword early and kept attacking, which was great to see. Yeah. Today was a very, very different type of game. And I think the fact that we managed all three conceding one goal, we look pretty solid in defense. All right. Our flanks were a bit of an issue at several points. And I understand Mourinho's desire to kind of close the game out and go ultra defensive. But at the same time, it got the result. And that's great to see. And it's really nice to see United continuing to hold out and win these games, even when we're not playing at our best. You know, it's a very simple comparison to make but it's former champions isn't it?
2: Yeah it's progress I mean the 4-0 wins you know uh, being 1-0 up with 20 minutes to go and going on to win that game 4-0 is progress and being 1-0 up with 20 minutes to go and not conceding and holding on to that 1-0 win that's still progress it's a different kind of progress but it's still progress from last year so it's an improvement and you know Mourinho talked a couple of weeks back about what it's going to be like when uh to see what this team reacts like when its back is against the wall. And whilst I am not entirely sure that's what today was, you know, because we weren't we weren't like behind and, and fighting for an equalizer or trying to get a late winner or anything like that. And um, it was a sterner test in that regard, a test of character as much as a test of ability and, and we passed it. So all
0: good. Just before we get on to Twitter questions, Kev, there's one thing we need to discuss. has been a massive topic of discussion this week in the uh, United's fan base and uh, outside of that the Romulu Lukaku chance resurfaced again this afternoon. United have issued a statement strongly condemning it after Lukaku actually went online to do exactly the same and basically asked fans to move on from it. But it surfaced up again today. What's your take on the whole situation?
2: Well, it's quite a simple take. If if the player and the club have said that, but particularly the player, I mean, it's it have said that we shouldn't it, that it shouldn't be sung anymore. Then it makes sense for it not to be sung anymore. I mean, the first time when I heard it, my initial reaction to it was, "Oh, that's that's not great. That you know, it's not a, not really the kind of song that we want to be singing." I think to give the fans in question the benefit of the doubt, in the initial sense, I, I don't think it was intended to be racist or, or anything like that. But it, it certainly there's no place for it, and and uh, my my hope is that. Particularly now, after the second time the club have come out and condemned it, that it will die a very quick death because people say it's not racist; it's stereotypical, and and stereotype has a place in football, but stereotypes are at their core racist. And 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 um, you know, there's been some really really impeccable stuff written about this whole subject by people like Marina Hyde, and and you know, our friend Musa has had uh, his take on it as well, and and there'll be a lot of people who who genuinely don't see it as racist or stereotypical or anything like that. And my, my hope is that they would realise that actually it's not really appropriate and, and learn from it and move on. I know I certainly didn't feel like I was in a position, I felt like in a position of ignorance in some ways um, in terms of the, the ins and outs of the whole thing, but I just knew on a very human level it didn't sit very well with me. So I defer to the people that know more about these things than me, and I defer to my friends and colleagues that are of... Afro or Caribbean descent or heritage or ethnicity that say you know this doesn't sit well with us and I and I don't think as a white person I should have a right if I even wanted to to say well no it's not racist or no it's not stereotypical so I won't get into a whole rant about it but for me I think it was not necessarily badly intentioned to start with but the longer that people persevere with singing it just because they think it's a, a an fu to political correctness or or people are getting a bit carried away I think a bit of humility is required and and we should really just listen to the people who this chant is about, uh, to the people who can speak from a place of authority on these things and say, actually this is inappropriate, let's put it to bed and let's not sing anything like it again. Tell me your thoughts, tell me your thoughts. Well, if Lukaku's coming out and saying Alright, the statement
0: wasn't necessarily the most outwardly condemning, but it was very clear that Lukaku had taken into mind the consideration that United fans have welcomed him and he wanted to make sure that it didn't come across too strongly in terms of what he was saying, but he said he wanted to move on. Sport's been great, but let's move on together. Respect each other. Fair enough. If Lukaku is coming out and saying what he said, saying let's move on together, then That should be enough of a reason to stop if there wasn't already one. Now, I completely agree that a lot of the people that will have been singing it will not have been doing it from a completely negative and hateful or racist standpoint. But it's very clear that there is no good reason to carry on now beyond sheer obstinance. And it's not healthy. It's not a good position. No one comes out of this looking good. You know, the, the people that are doing it don't come out of it looking positive. It's not about political correctness. It's about a player saying, I don't appreciate what you're singing about me. Plenty of other people saying this is completely inappropriate and has very severe racist undertones. There's no need to continue singing it. And people saying, all right, well, we'll just sing what we want because we can and you can't stop us. Well, it's not going to go well. You know, it's clearly going to get fans in trouble if they continue on to it. I'm completely and utterly against it. There is no need for it at the club. And people might lament the change. you know, I've seen people talk about losing the terrorist sort of spirit and that wit and humor, but it's not witty or humorous. It's a bad, bad chant and one that I think we should really, really stop as soon as possible. Hopefully we won't hear anything about it again, but I have a feeling we haven't heard the last of it, unfortunately. Anyway, let's leave it there for now. Shall we and finish off with Twitter questions?
2: Kev Zombie Plague asks, how big is Neymar's pacifier? Our biggest neighbors. Okay, so this is a reference to his um uh, bust up with Cavani during the week over the uh over over the set piece. Yeah, it's crazy. I think I mean Neymar uh, in the same week actually had a bit of a uh a coming together with uh, a Celtic player as well and refused to shake his hand at the end of a game. So there is a bit of petulance about them, isn't it? I think um in the last day or two um. Neymar has, it's come out, uh, emerged in the French press that Neymar has apologised unequivocally for his actions around um the whole Cavani thing. um So it is quite interesting. I think that's what sometimes happens when you get the title of world's most expensive ever player thrust upon somebody whose maybe character is not... Not ready for such a title, so I don't know. Hopefully that'll be the last of it and he'll he'll kinda of grow in maturity and stuff like that. But I wouldn't fancy squaring up to Gavani if I was him.
0: Funniest thing was when Danny Alves sort of ghosted in and gave the ball to Neymar. Yeah, it was high school, <laughs> wasn't it? Last weekend that was absolutely brilliant, yeah. Uh at Neil one six seven zero asks Matic Herrera, Matic Fellaini in a mid two, or Matic Felani Herrera in a midfield, best option in the absence of Pogba. That seems like more of a statement than an actual question, Neil, but fair enough. Um, my preference is Mata for most games. I realise that Fellaini definitely has his uses and his presence, and I was absolutely in love with his performance against Basel. But until that performance against Basel is actually more consistent, I don't think that he should be starting every game. I think Fellaini's too good from the bench to be starting. No, his presence and his the way he actually affects games when he comes on is in, is often. Well, it has frequently been quite positive.
2: Yeah, I mean, Herrera is no Pogba replacement, but he is more assertive on the ball than Fellaini. And yes, you will lose some of the physicality, but ideally you have that there in Matic already. So I would like to see Matic and Herrera make the best of the situation, try the best, play the best football that they can. And Fellaini can be called upon when needed, as he was against Ball. admittedly, quite early. But as we've seen him used, arguably when he's been used best, is, is from the bench to impact games at the right moment.
0: At Sean KDLA asks, "What pitch did your squeaky bums get to? F sharp for him." (laughs) It's a bit of a personal question. He might have to take me out to dinner first. Oh, fair enough. Well, now I know to get into your good books. Uh, (laughs) Mighty Mike asks, "Is it more of us falling back due to tactics, or did Southampton push us back?" Uh, I think the latter proved. uh, Well, the latter pushed the former, really, didn't it? Southampton started that second half very well, pushed us back, and we didn't necessarily have much of an answer for it.
2: Yeah, I think it, it, their resurgence came at a time when we weren't really s- stringing too much together ourselves. It was a scrappy game all around, um. but yeah, it just got a bit reductive, didn't it? And and being the home team and, and us kind of probably waiting for them to open up a little so we could try and catch them on the break. Well, the first thing kind of happened, but the second thing didn't, so it's it's hard to, to put... Your finger on exactly why it happened. I think it was just the way the game was going. Fair enough. Richard can asks. My question is, how ever will you get on without me? Yeah, well, you know, it's just not the same, is it, Rich? We miss you. We, you need to stop having better things to do on a Saturday, mate. He's just out getting pissed. He's out getting pissed. Well, yeah, fair play.
0: That's literally it. <laughs> I know, literally better than talking to us. I'm fine with it. I'm not gonna lie. Eugene one asks, has any player in a United squad in the last say ten years been as missed as
2: Pogba was today? Oh, you have a crack at that one. I need to have a think.
0: Oh, blimey. Um, I don't necessarily think it was the lack of creativity in midfield that was the main problem. I think the way that Southampton started that second half caught us on the back foot and we didn't react to it. You know, we were constantly getting rinsed down both flanks and it caused Valencia and Young some really big problems. And I don't think it was just. Pogba's absence I thought that everyone kind of retreated back to their shell to a certain extent and that meant that we put a lot of pressure on our defenders you know fair credit to Phil Jones and Eric Bailly around them I thought they had a pretty good game but I don't necessarily think many of the players in front of them shone I think that was more the problem apart from missing Pogba
2: today but yeah I'm going to approach the question from a completely different angle and take it literally even though it was meant tongue in cheek I think the 1997 98 season we missed Roy Keane more than we missed Pogba today That's fair enough. I'll tell you what, the last
0: game of the season, 94-95 season, after Cantona had been banned when we couldn't beat West Ham. It would have been very nice to have Cantona there. Yes. Let's say that. Yes. There we are. Yes. Okay. Let's leave it there, Kev. Thanks so much for joining me for the second half. And, Rich, thank you very, very much for joining me in the first half. And, guys, thank you very much for listening to the entire thing. Don't forget you can get us all over the internet. You can get me at and Lennox. You can get Kev at – what is it now? Uh, At Kev LVT. That's the one, and you can get Red Voices at Red Voices MUFc, and our blog at Red Voices and our blog at Red You have yourselves a cracking week. We'll be back at some point during the next one. Cheerio and good night.